This is Joel Duick with the radio address for Thursday, January 24th, 2008. Still very cold. The high today was 1 degree Fahrenheit. Maybe my line the other day about Having reached winter's momentary and magical climax was a bit premature. I feel a little bit like Maxwell Smart standing next to winter. Say, I hope I wasn't out of line with that crack about the perfect specter of death. Just goes to show it can always get just a little colder. This evening after dinner I took some precious time out of my schedule to get my hair cut. It hasn't been done in over two months and it was time. My hair had long since ceased to be merely long, and now had begun to actually loom. I hardly dared wash it with shampoo anymore, as even at a normal length, when treated with anything soap-based, it, when dried, it fluffs out into an aura of hair, whose physical boundaries are only faintly distinguishable. On the suggestion of my sister, I tried out a salon academy, where you can have your hair maintained slash styled slash cut, by students of the craft at reduced prices. My stylist's name was Karen, and after a little while I thought I recognized her accent. Do you mind if I ask you a crazy question, I asked, betting that she wouldn't mind, of course. No, she said. Are you from Liberia, I asked, and why, yes, she was. Ever since I met Henry Sear, I have been running into Liberians. It's not even as if Henry introduced me to a lot of Liberians, it's just that I keep meeting them. I know the way they sound now, and having gotten to know Henry and learned something about Liberia, I feel like when I meet a Liberian here in Minnesota, maybe I can, I don't know, give their day a bit of a lift by recognizing their place of origin. I could be wrong, I suppose. Maybe they get tired of getting recognized by native Minnesotans who think they know something about the world. However, of the Liberians I have met, they've all been very friendly, and the ones I've talked to for any length of time always eventually tried to get me to come and visit Liberia with them. One such fellow, whose name was Thomas, had been with me for not more than an hour when he got around to it. You know, Joe, I'm just praying that one day, with this relationship of you and Henry and myself, that one day we can all go to Liberia. And they all, or at least the men anyway, are always half-seriously telling me I should marry a Liberian girl, and pronouncing the virtues of the Liberian women. You know, Joe, Henry says to me every now and again, I have only this one thing with, with you, that you have said you will not marry a Liberian girl. Even today, while she was cutting my hair, Karen, who was not particularly talkative, as she was still learning her craft and seemed to feel the need for concentration, paused to ask me, And your friend, does he always say to you, You need to marry a Liberian girl? Why, yes, how did you know? I begin to suspect there is some kind of larger tacit campaign at work here. Henry moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota in August, and now lives out of state like pretty much all my good friends. Why must it be so? Frankly, I need more friends who live close by. I wonder, sometimes, if lots of other people have this situation, where their best friends, or the people they would most like to be friends with, if that makes any sense, all live hundreds of miles away. It's hard, but there's not much you can do about a situation like that. Except move to Liberia. The end.
sweet hook, it drops it out to me like a dog. No matter what you do, let's get my brother. 